Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I'm here, as always, with uh, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat and uh, Judge of the Isometric Court of Public Opinion, <laughs> Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? Hey, what's up? What's crackalacking? So, are you, uh... I don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know? <laughs> Steve know. had something and he lost it. I have tons of nonsense planned. I am waiting worry. for the shoe to drop, so I usually you usually you don't even give me a chance to, to no, come up with a second sentence. I've got it all ready to go. Oh, good grief. All right. Um, we also have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing great, unlike you and Bree, who are both <laughs> sick. <so. laughs> I'm just going to have to carry the show along with Georgia this week. over the counter drugs right now. Uh, DayQuil is what I'm Dayquil. on. And it's the hard stuff. It is. It is. I feel like my mind is shooting through space like the, you know, like 2001, a space odyssey. So I don't know what's going to happen on today's show. I could wake up tomorrow and my lawyer could call me like, Bree, you're in a lot of legal trouble. I don't know. We're just going to see how it goes. <laughs> Don't make any stock options right now. <laughs> yeah, and I apparently have something called walking pneumonia, which I didn't know was a thing until this morning. So hooray! So we're, uh, yeah, we're kind of playing hurt this week, but that's okay. We'll get through it's okay. it. We, I've had that, so now we're both like the Walking Dead. Yeah, I know. I'm going to turn into a zombie any minute. Wait, Steve, who's this other person on the podcast? Oh, so that would be uh, that would be senior editor from imore.com and host of the Vector Podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? I'm good. I have a marker. I am going to, I have actually Caleb's uh, how-to article, <laughs> how to make a handa, um, and I'm actually going to go through it and try, he says water-soluble ink, but I'm using permanent, but whatever. You're really committed. You're committed to your panda so fandom. So here I am, I'm actually going to do it during the show. Hey, Georgia, I was, I was thinking about something. <laughs> You're very good at your job, and I don't want to tell you how to do, but I have some ideas for you that... <laughs> That Uh-oh. might you might want to uh, you know you can take them or leave them. I'm just you know putting them out there. Okay, go ahead. So you're getting an iPhone six plus. You told us last week. Yes. And everyone's very concerned about how yeah. big the iPhone six plus is. And I, what I was thinking was that if you took the digital version of the hand turkey and opened it up on the iPhone 6 Plus and then put it next to the real hand turkey, then everyone would know exactly how big right. it is. Right. No, that would be very helpful for me in making consumer <laughs> okay. choices I've already made. I will, I will search for my... I'm searching for my hand turkey, and I will do that. It would help me make choices that I haven't made, so... As I draw a hand on the same time, this is... Uh, I like how his guide has the hand wearing a little tie. I know! <laughs> I it think I'm going to opt out of the tie. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Are there no. any rules? Georgia, have there ever been any rules as far as this podcast is concerned? <laughs> never. Never. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do... Th- I'm thinking I'll tweet it out like as the show airs so that no one sees the handa until after the show. What do you think about that? Is that... I yeah, delay right. gratification always. So, so Georgia, okay. I am... My whole company is counting on you. My whole company <laughs> is counting on you. Because, Don't be scary to me, Bree. No, we do, we we are because you told me you're getting the iPhone six plus. So yeah, it's the gone. iPhone six plus. Like basically, we think our font scaling and UI stuff is correct. But I found out after the fact that um, like it's calcing it at it's two thousand two hundred and eight or something in like some odd vector, and like our calculations were at nineteen twenty. So we coded it a percentage change. So hopefully it will be okay. But I don't know. I'm not going to know tomorrow until the device comes out. So I'm really worried about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, counting so on how you. much is it worth to you, Bray? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
because if you tell me that, like, we will pull it from the store that second. Like, bam. That second. That second. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So how many how many hand turkeys do I get for doing that? I will give you no hand turkeys. I will give you... <laughs> I will give you eternal Brianna thanks, which is worth a million turkeys. And at least two Dalabungas. And, and two da- I will I will not tweet Dalabunga at you for a day. I don't think you could do I that. I think I'm getting attached to it now. I think I would really? be sad. <gasps> We've done it. We've it's done it. It's growing on me. Yeah. I was I was I was having a rough day and someone yeah. someone someone did they did they said that to me and I went, "You know what? It actually made me smile." I have to say, I think it's growing on me. It's so next you, you start saying it about your well, own I don't life. Know. That's going to happen. That's that when you take it to the next level. Right. Like something happens in your <laughs> life that makes you say aloud. Dude, when the falcon lands on your arm for the first time and you shout out in triumph, Dawabunga. That's when you know you're ready. Oh god. Okay, I'll I'll see when I do the falconry. I'm not sure. I gave you a priceless <laughs> gift. <laughs> gift. It, it, I can't even watch. I can't even watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anymore. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I've been trying to find one for Steve. Lubitz doesn't work with anything. I think you've been trying to make guilty my catchphrase, but that isn't quite catching on as much. Well, you're guilty. It's well, yeah. not a catchphrase. It's a fact. <laughs> and by the way, we have to talk about your penance. Uh, so we had an amicus briefing filed by Glenn Fleischman, who is very wise. And he's very wise. I'm pretty sure he's not a lawyer, he was on though. Jeopardy. Yeah, but he was on Jeopardy. That's that's he was on Jeopardy. That counts school. for like he's he's yeah. he's actually met Alex Trebek. Like, right. come on. So Glenn Glenn Fleischman, Glenn Fleischman, the editor of the magazine, and I think he won Jeopardy sixty four times from my fact checking. I think that's correct. He did. I think um, you're right. I yeah. think you're right. Um, and he says that you owe each of us four boxes of Girl Scout cookies, so you will learn a lesson of sharing. I want the mint one. Just saying. I, I, I want peanut butter cookies. I actually Did delivered to both of you yeah, in person. Yeah, Steve gave me some Thin Mints so, already. Yeah. yeah, so that will count towards one. Right, he, I see. What? He gave Did me you? some at Boston Fig, which we're not going to talk about quite yet, but we will later. I'm hurt. I would say I'm the hurt. high point of Boston Fig was getting those Thin Mints and then giving them to other people at Boston Fig, and then being the most popular person there. Well, Georgia, oh. I would have been happy to... I had a box reserved for you, but you didn't, you did didn't you come really? down. Did you really? I did. I oh, had one box that's left. That's rough. I That hurts. They're at the end of their, their lifespan, so I needed to, you know... You could mail them. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks. Okay. You can't mail stuff <laughs> I know. to Canada. I feel the love. You can't mail stuff to Canada. They have, like, dogs that would eat them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, ha- I will save. I will save a whole bunch for you when the uh, fresh ones when the new when the new sale comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> so you owe Georgia four boxes of cookies, and, and I owe each of you three. three. And then yes. I will end up buying seven thousand boxes of cookies because I have no prefrontal cortex power to stop myself from eating <laughs> these things. So, so we'll make sure to get you Dayquil so it'll make it fourteen thousand, and we can get that iPad. I tell you, if girl, if. If Girl Scouts came to my house and made me mainline, like, Dayquil, they could, like, sell me. I'd be mortgaging my house to buy Girl Scout cookies. Well, wait, wait. I have a handa incoming. There's a handa incoming to the chat room right now. Let me. Okay. You know, people have been saying that this is the new Bionic, and I haven't been believing them, and now I'm starting to believe it. Georgia, change the handa to be your avatar. 
Okay, let's talk about oh, oh, I like that idea Super Smash. So we had a whole bunch of follow-up about from last week about our little Nintendo argument that we had. Argument? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> disagreement. <laughs> it was actually violent agreement for most of it, but we, we got very passionate, but whatever. So there were a couple of, uh, of articles that came out after the Smash Brothers release in Japan talking to the, the limitations of the, the current 3DS. Uh, one of them is that apparently, in order to run at 60 frames per second, the current 3DS, as opposed to the new new 3DS, is uh, shutting down system functions like Miiverse and like the internet browser, which I don't know why that needs to be running while you're playing a game anyway. But it's, So it's shutting down certain things just in order to be able to reserve processor power for the game to be able to run smoothly. And they also apparently had to remove ice climbers from the from the game for performance reasons. I guess maybe because there's two of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, and I guess they said, you know, Ice Climbers isn't exactly making a resurgence anytime soon, so nobody was really good. I never really liked Ice Climbers in Brawl anyway, so they were kind of just kind of there. Cool. And the other thing is that we had, when we talked about the demo or the, the Best Buy uh, event way back when, I was concerned that that slide pad was not going to hold up to playing Smash Brothers long term. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's the case because there's a whole bunch of pictures on the internet now of people with their busted up uh, 3DSs with the circle pads broken off. So that's, if you're going to be playing the uh, Smash Brothers demo, which just got released in to everybody, not just Club Nintendo people as we're recording this, take it easy. Don't, you know, the 3DS you save may be your own. Yeah, but it's tough though because like when you're doing those Smash attacks, it kind of feels like the circle pad isn't meant for this. I don't know. We we can talk about Smash later in the show. I don't I understand, thoughts. though. Like, no, this is going to bother me. Like, people are, like, doing <laughs> moves so hard, they're breaking their 3DS in half. Oh, yeah. I don't understand. No, no, no. They're breaking the circle pad. The yeah, they're breaking the circle button's yeah. completely off. Why? Because you're moving your thumb back and forth really quickly. And I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that strong when I do it. Because the smash moves are jerking the analog stick in one of the directions. How the frack can you, like, break a control? Wow. Have you met a teenage boy? Well, I, it's I not- have a dim recollection. Like, is it that the people that play it are really aggressive? Like, is it the button's fault, or is it that people are just really rough when they play, like, Smash Brothers? Is Smash Brothers just people are, like, smash? I'm going to make... I'm going to blame it on the buttons, personally. Yeah, I And also too. the fact that, at this point, my 3DS is kind of old, so... I remember when it first came out, I think there was a version of Street Fighter that I didn't buy that I made fun of for the 3DS. So I was like, who's going to play a fighting game on the 3DS? And now here I am <laughs> playing Smash on mine. But I mean, I I don't, I don't know. So far, I'm not that into it. I, I knew that I would be much preferring the Wii U version. And this is just kind of like the nicotine patch before I can get that. Wow. I'm just playing Smash here and being like, well, I can't wait for this to look really cool on my TV. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I think too. And the the other weird thing is that they announced that you're going to be able to use your 3DS as a controller for the Wii U version, which seems no one will want to do that. Yeah, that seems like a waste of programming effort. But yeah. you know, whatever. It really does. I I really mm. don't like the button layout for it so far. And I know that when the full version comes out, they're going to make it so that you can change the buttons. And I can't wait. I don't know what you think of the button layout, Steve. Yeah, like I'm it. not. I'm not super thrilled with it. Because if you compare the layout, I don't know if this is the part of the show. Do we have a part but, of the show where I get to I talk about Smash? I think, <laughs> I think we were going to probably talk about it in what we're playing because I think that's what both of us are okay, playing. So maybe fine. we'll save it for I'll that. I'll wait. 
but I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Just another another couple of quick pieces of follow up, and then we'll move on to to other stuff. But so Cryacow on Twitter had uh, reached out to us to say I was I was questioning whether SNES games would actually run on the 3DS, and he says that there actually is a homebrew SNES ed- emulator that runs on the 3DS. So obviously you could, which I think we all kind of guessed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Justin Louie had wrote, written in to challenge us being emphatic about well me specifically <laughs> oh no i i called i called them liars too so okay, and okay. he reached out to me specifically also <laughs> okay wow because i got like a 10 page email oh i didn't get a 10 page email but you know you you inspire that more in people than i do i think <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true the actual quote we we had said that nes remix that nintendo had said that nes remix was not going to run on the 3ds and that that was a lie because they're they are running it on the 3ds and apparently the actual quote is not that it wouldn't run, but that they said it was a lot more difficult and that the the person in charge of the project was more comfortable with the Wii U, so that was the architecture that he decided to go yeah, with. Yeah. Hold on. I read that whole quote from him, and there are two quotes in there. And the first one is him saying, like, it can't be done or we're choosing not to do it. It was something like that. And then the second quote was, like, it's going to be harder. And, you know, I went through it, and I read his argument because I want to be factually accurate. I used to work as a journalist. And I see where he's coming from. It was a fair argument, but I stand by every statement I made that he called us out on. So I'm just saying that. Okay. I'm willing to go back on the fact that they were lying about that because I did think that they said that it just flat out wouldn't run. So that's all we had for the the Nintendo follow-up. So should we talk about Boston Fig for a little bit? Because we all – well, sorry, Georgia. Oh, wow. there were thin mints there, <laughs> provided by Steve. Was Lewis. my cutout there at least? <laughs> I did. There wasn't like my Georgia cutout. Then oh yeah, making? yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally brought the okay, cardboard okay, cool. sandy That's of good. Georgia. Okay, we should awesome. get that. That's all that matters. I want that for my new office <laughs> in front of my card table where I podcast in the the laundry hamper. It, we could totally take her around with us. It would be like weekend at Bernie's. It wouldn't be creepy at all. <laughs> the sad thing about Boston Fig was that everybody was so busy that I barely spent any time with Brie and Steve while oh, I was there. Yeah. I, I didn't see Brianna at all. I I had sort of this fantasy that the three of us would be hanging out the whole time. I know, like, me too. Yeah, isometric. We're the coolest. And that totally didn't happen at all. We we didn't see each other really at all. <laughs> I'm not trying to brag, but the entire upper floor of that MIT thing with like tons of games, tons of people there, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Like I organized every one of those games. I talked to those developers. I went through, I helped organize and judge them and picked which games got in the show and i have to tell you it was astonishing walking into that stadium and and seeing all that put together so yeah it was awesome i was just running around the whole day solving problems well i appreciated it oh. even though i don't know what they were steve went to see my talk though and yeah we hung out Aww. after but um throughout That's the day so cool. i was how did it go maddie i think it went well I heard people seem things. like they really okay excuse it. me stop being stop being so modest maddie i don't killed know it. i have no perspective on how i do on my own talks steve tell us tell us how maddie did because maddie can't tell us how did maddie do steve maddie was awesome well, Maddie was, she was. Well, she had everybody in rapt attention, and only there was only time for like a couple of questions, and she handled them all well. One of them was from a person who pretty much just stood up to say that they really enjoyed isometric, which was a great oh, question. Yeah. Really? They didn't have a question. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I didn't that. know how to respond other than to just thank them and and laugh. But it was delightful. 
And yeah, it was really cool to to hear. We should throw out like free isometric T-shirts for when that happens. We're, we're going to get those printed. I did a <laughs> I did a corporate talk on Tuesday. And yeah, how did that go? Did well, you? it was the only reason cool. I'm mentioning it is because like the guy's micing me up. And he's like, yeah, I listen to your show. <laughs> like it was really weird. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely getting That's weird. So I did cool. a talk at AlterConf as well, Alter Conference on Monday night. So I did two talks within two days, which I'm never doing again because it was exhausting exhausting but i in both situations i met a bunch of really nice people that i didn't know who listened to isometric and said that they were really enjoying it so i'm sorry i don't remember everybody's names but all of you were really delightful to talk to you and i'm glad that i got to meet all of you and that you came to my talks it was so cool yeah and ben shostak who is uh who's a listener came up to me while i was on the floor and introduced himself did he recognize you I don't. Well, I tw- so cool. I had tweeted out that I what I was wearing my uh, Hyrule Kuko okay. shirt, so I think he probably found me that way. And then I got to oh, I didn't get to play his game uh, High Strangers, but I got to see it, and it looks pretty cool. Kind of like an well, Evil Land type of thing, but except you're going back and forth between eight bit and sixteen bit RPGs. So cool. by the time that I ran, he introduced himself to me. It was like five minutes before I had to leave to go walk over like that half mile trek between the between the the expo floor and where the the talks were happening Mm -hmm. but yeah that part Uh, of it was tough there was a long walk between where the talks happened and where the expo hall was yeah when we were setting that up i was i was you know because i was going you know i was one of the producers and like we're walking between them like guys this is freaking insane yeah like write something on the sidewalk or something for people to like know where all this stuff is um it was very inconvenient so i'm I'm glad that your talk was well attended yeah i was relieved because in walking back and forth which i did multiple times that day because i just didn't know how else to do it um i was worried that people who were at the show floor weren't realizing where the talks were and vice versa it was sort of like there were two different communities of people i don't know i i don't know how to deal with that though because like if i were organizing it i understand the problem would be that you're growing and that you had a lot of really great talks and a lot of really cool games and you needed the stadium for the games and you needed all of those classroom areas for the talks so i don't know what you can do about that did you guys get to play anything interesting while you were there or um i did talk to patrick rodriguez a little bit about his game which is called legends of beforea this is a card game and it's based on improv and it sounded so so cool he is not selling it yet he just had a prototype there but um basically you draw three cards and it's sort of like subject verb subject and all of the cards are based in myths so like ancient greek myths or like like they'll be like a snake and like it's shooting an arrow at an owl and then you have to invent what the legend is of that And then the next person's turn, they draw another card of another animal or another god or what have you. And then they invent a new legend. And then whoever went first gets to judge their best, which which story they like the best. So it's sort of like apples to apples rules where you pick the best person's card, except that you know which story you're picking. It's it's like a storytelling contest every every round. So it sounded it sounded like that sounds great. Sort of a combination of the improv of D and D, but like if you if all of your friends want to be the dungeon master, then maybe this is the kind of game that everybody would enjoy. That was that was one of our showcase games, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I just saw Patrick Rodriguez and was like, "What? What is he uh-huh. showing? I want to see what he's up to." And and it was delightful. So yeah. 
So I got to try the, the harmonics game of City Sleeps, which is pretty awesome, which is their, their twin stick shooter, except that like the bullets that you're shooting out are in time with the music. So a instead lot of, of people compared this to Res. Yeah, right? I, I definitely got a huge Res vibe from it, and I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of Res. I mean, I, you, it's pretty clear, like, anything with music is, like, a game that I'm going to like anyway, and I, I've, it's been pretty clear that I'm a big Harmonix fanboy anyway. But mm-hmm. I played through the whole demo, and I'm really excited for it when it comes out. Wait, is this got... the game that was formerly Chromix? Or... No, that's okay. that was a first-person shooter. Right. So what is this? Yeah. This is more of like a bullet hell shooter. Every shot that you fire is in time with a particular musical beat, right? Yeah. And... Yeah. So like if yeah, like so like in the slow parts of the song, you're shooting fewer bullets than in like a high tempo part. Right. And then there are like power ups that go on the bass beats, and it's. It's pretty interesting. I, I'm really looking forward to it when it comes out. So is it like a 2D game? Is it yeah, it 3D? is. Okay, yeah. right. So it's like Mario, but you have to shoot in time to the music? More like Gradius. Okay. And uh, Oh, and I also got to play Red Survivor, which is from Mustachio, which is like uh, Civilization, but set in World War One in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Oh. Which was pretty early alpha. I'm not sure if they are adding, if it's just like they have a few features and they're starting to pile stuff on, but it's got a pretty good um, pretty good theme to it. Once they start fleshing that out a little more, I think that's going to be a really interesting game to keep an eye cool. on. Is that, uh, is that the game made by Mustachio Games? So Oleg did that? Yeah, that was that was what I played that was, uh, that was interesting. Cool. So. I, I wish I could say I played something. I ran around and asked people that had problems and talked to them about their experience getting their game judged and just did that all day. I didn't really, you know, I can tell you what the games were scored to get into the showcase, but that's pretty much it. Did you talk to any game developers who were like, yeah, my game got reviewed by a really, really mean person? <laughs> yeah, I haven't sent that feedback yet, out yet, so... Tell Maddie how angry I am. <laughs> Do you want to be a judge next year, Georgia? We'll get you into it. So. I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's think- really yeah, fun. You yeah. get to be mean and no one knows who you are. Yeah. We just need to send a van up to Canada every so often and just like drag Georgia down here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I can't wait. You know how they have those like those Volkswagens that are shaped like Pikachu? We should just make one like a panda and just drive it up there and just bring her down. Oh, that's just too cool. We need to get an isometric car. <laughs> Who cares about t-shirts? We got to get like one of those, a beetle, you oh know, like one God. of the, like no. just a Volkswagen no, beetle and make it like with a Batmobile, a Pandamobile, a Phantomobile. I can speak. Have you played Saints Row the third? I think yet? Brianna is sad about how goofy our show is. And she was hoping it would be like a badass show where we fight monsters but it's actually just a really goofy show where we tell jokes about she had bears when she started this yeah. i yeah. don't know she keeps trying to push for this cool babmobile and epic and listen my first concept for this show which um <laughs> God, i shouldn't even tell you about this my first concept for this show was called game dev and it was gonna be serious and rachel maddow like and very well researched every single week with like oh wow facts and none of us were gonna be on it none of you guys would have been on it and yeah clearly this is a better show so <laughs> just embrace the nonsense brie i i embrace am. the nonsense I it's, I we just we we went with it and ran with it well i was jealous of everyone that got to meet you guys because i was like everyone's like sending pictures and tweeting out and i met this and this and i'm like 
oh man, like I do the show with you guys every week and I don't get to meet you guys. So yes, it's yeah, point, we've never yeah, actually, actually met you in real life. When Georgia comes to Boston, it's going to be a weekend where we go to prison. <laughs> like that's how crazy it's going to be. Or in or in Brianna Wu's world Tuesday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to just say like when when Georgia comes we're just all going to hug and it's going to be really great but you completely went the other way with I like that. Freeze yeah. idea We're all going to take a lot of Dayquil. That's yeah, what we're going to do. We're going to go we're going to go to a Dayquil bar and just it's start chugging. It's the only vice we have besides being addicted right. to video games, I guess. Right. I guess this is as good a time as any to take a break and uh, and talk about Squarespace. <laughs> which is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. So for a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code isometric. And uh, for Squarespace in action, of course, you can go visit uh, fandas.biz, which is our very super serious merchandise <laughs> site. I got I got yelled at last week, when, last time when I called it a fake merchandise site, so now I'm going to call it our very real it's real. Site. You can buy is, real yeah. items. Is the, hand, is the hand turkey back up? I, I will put the turkey up if you want. Okay, <laughs> the question is if we can ethically sell the hand turkey. I think you could sell it for like a nominal fee of like okay. one cent. Yeah. Georgia, I don't have the original file. So if you will take a picture of that and send it to me, I'll put it back on the store for people. I also put the Rev60 book, uh, The Chessboard Lethologica, which is this entire book we made with like details of our universe from the store. Ooh. So that's on the store. But more importantly, you can get George's hand turkey if she will send me the file. And this, I mean, again, this is a, sh- a site that Brie put up in a half an hour and, you know, uh, a, a not Dayquil fueled, but, you know, close. And uh, so... I think it was Dayquil fueled. But, but, I mean, the site is, the site really looks awesome. And, you know, if we can do that in, you know, half an hour, I mean, if you can imagine what you could do for something that you're actually taking seriously. So, uh, you know, it's... i Brie the hand turkey now. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, everything's simple and easy. It looks gorgeous. You can just do everything just through dragging and dropping. You don't actually need to know how to code in order to do any of this. Uh, there's 24-7 support to help you through live chat and email. That is in NYC, Dublin, and Portland, so you got coverage all around the clock. Plans start at $8 a month, and if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. Uh, every design, every template comes with responsive design. You get an online store just like Fandas.biz. <laughs> And uh, well, uh, hopefully it's hopefully it's a little bit better than Fandas right. Biz. But, no, it's you know. exactly like Fandas Biz. Yes. Epic. We need to have all the fan art up. Uh, too. Every <laughs> every store has to sell a hand turkey. That's that's not actually true. And so you could go. You can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. So when you do go to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that they know that that we sent you with our our Fandas madness. And make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off of your first purchase. So thank you very much to Squarespace for your support of Isometric. A better web starts with your website. I love Squarespace. We should put up a gallery of we the should. art that we people have, have sent have us. Georgia, yeah. I nominate you to take care of this project. Okay. All right. Are you I'll on put it? up art. You'll, I, I won't be able to tomorrow because I'm, I'm going to be lining up. I'm going to be heading down to pick up my, my mega big... Oh, you're going in person? You're going to wait in, in line at the store? We always do. We always, like, oh, go man. in and we see everyone that's going to be there. We usually give out some t-shirts and stuff, and uh, we'll we'll be heading down to see all the mayhem. Oh, I'm just going to wait for the UPS guy to show up. Yeah, same. <laughs> 
I stood in line for the iPad too, and I'm like, oh no, no, I can't even talk. These people are so far gone into the cult of Apple, I can't even talk to them. <laughs> so I lo- I love it. I love it. One day we're gonna be like doing a talk for isometric, and there'll be isometric people lining up to. Well, that would you know. be okay. <laughs> yeah, they'll be lining the up of, to get a the T-shirt. The cult of right? is okay. We could be like the Samsung guys, except handing out 3DSs instead of Samsung phones. Why do we have 3DSs? I don't yeah, know because that? because we do. I don't know. <laughs> this do show know? is actually paid for by Nintendo. You would never guess that because we complain about Nintendo so much, but it's a yeah. very insidious relationship. Uh, I mean, yeah. Steve's already been corrupt. Yeah, I, I've, I've been, I was corrupted long before I started this show. Don't worry yeah, about well, it. So that's why you were chosen. Yeah, chosen. By Nintendo. <laughs> Touched is more like it, I guess. <laughs> All right, so I guess we should talk about Minecraft a little bit, because that's everybody's favorite subject. And uh, so that was the big news this week, that Microsoft decided to empty their pockets and pay $2.5 million for Minecraft, which kind of made everybody stop and pick their jaws up off the floor. And the half the news was that Microsoft was spending... Wait, did you say re- million or billion? It's billion. I think, yeah. Did I say million? It is billion. Billion, billion with a B. Billion dollars. Billion. Yes. billion with a B and a Mr. Bigglesworth. Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> that's a movie I've actually seen. I've actually seen all three of the Austin Powers Have you seen movies. It? Did you like them? I did. It's too bad that they're now horrifically uncool because the 90s are over. So you actually can't <gasps> oh. can't act like you've ever seen them now. <laughs> see, but no, but the 90s are never it, over like, in my really house. It really figures that the only movies Steve would see are the movies that no one refers to anymore. Ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, Maddie. Anyway, speaking of depressing things, this letter from Notch about why he's leaving. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was the big thing, is that he was he was actually... Normally, when you do have an acquisition like this, the founders come along, and he basically said, nope, I'm done, I'm out. And he's just selling the company, but he's leaving at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, this, yeah, Maddie, do you want to talk about that, I, that letter that he... I just want to say it really... I found it heartbreaking, yeah. especially, I mean, we talked about some of this on the show, like the month that gaming has had, he talked about how he feels like his own visibility on the internet has been really difficult. And I mean, I have friends in the industry who are more visible than I am in the sense they have more followers and whatnot. And talking to them about their experiences this month has been wild i mean i see barely any of this and i what i still see is awful so i can't even imagine what it's like to be at that level and i just i felt really bad for him and i know a bunch of people were like oh he's got 2.5 billion dollars he's fine and like yeah i guess so but i don't know i think that this kind of stuff does lasting psychological damage he basically said he's leaving because he's been destroyed by just the visibility that he's had and i don't feel like any amount of money is going to heal that really i mean maybe he can purchase great therapy sessions with our own georgia dow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i guess the only thing that he can do is he can just work on whatever he wants to work on and not have to worry if it's gonna actually make him money specifically wrote in there that he doesn't want to ever make art that gets famous again which just i it's it's a mindset that i can understand because like anytime I write something it gets even a little bit of traction and I start getting hate mail I'm like oh why do I even write anything this is terrible but I I like I'm trying to imagine what that would feel like if it were multiplied by thousands and thousands of times and just having that sentiment about one game you know it Mm -hmm. I don't know what do you think about this Brie from like a developer I mean 
point of view. I, I actually did an interview with Mashable about this this week, like asking what I thought about it, because it's, it's so, it, it resonated with me so much for the exact same reasons. And, you know, what people don't understand about developers is game dev is a, it, it's, it's a, an industry that really rewards personality. And mm-hmm. I don't think Giant Space Cat would be where it was today if, like, you didn't have a leader up in front with, like, a really strong personality. That said, you know, like, you guys see one side of me on the show where I'm, like, very, you know, talkative and out there. The reality of it is I am an ambivert, and I spend a lot more time kind of not wanting to talk to anyone and kind of in my own world. And the days of my job that I enjoy the most are when I'm quiet and nobody is bothering me and I can just get some freaking coding done and I can get that work done. That is the joy of being a developer. It's not people talking to you. It's sitting down and building stuff, just like when you were a kid and you got to build with Legos. It is exact same feeling. So I think the problem with the industry is we build people up and we tear them down. It happens to celebrities and now it's happening to the people we love in the gaming world. It's happening to Zoe Quinn. It happened to Notch. It happened to Phil Fish. You know, and I just I think you see this pattern over and over again where people are, you know, put up on this pedestal. And it's like when people write me and tell me like I have people that do this all the time. They're like, oh, Brie, you're a hero, or I really look up to you. I don't like that. I mean, I don't, because I'm just a chick that's very flawed. Do you know what I mean? And, I do. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's this culture that puts people up on this pedestal and then tears them down for being human. So I completely, 100%, 1,000% understand where Notch is coming from. I think it's really hard for people when... You know, you're not expect you know to get all of this media coverage, and you know people and people take video games as we have seen. They they take them really strongly. They take them really strong uh, seriously, and so there's people that are not not wanting to get this type of coverage and fame, if you can say, and it comes with the positive and the negative, and it can be really hard. And I think that he said something. He said uh, he watched this Phil video on YouTube and started to realize that I didn't have the connection to my fans I thought I had. I've become a symbol, and I don't want to be a symbol. Yeah. And then he said, uh, considering the public image of me is already a bit skewed. I don't expect to get away from the negative comments by doing this, but at least now I won't feel a responsibility to read them. And it's really hard (laughs) to be constantly knocked down and picked apart and looked at through a microscope. I don't think that many people could really undertake, you know, constantly being analyzed and looked at and picked at for no matter what you do. And again, people feel really strongly for games, and it happened the same thing for Flappy Bird. It's just really, really rough, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you're, you're famous, you should love this, there's money. It's really hard on the ego. It's not something that, you know, anyone that's not going through it could really understand. Yeah, I mean, you talk, you look at, like, these studies of people who won the lottery, Mm-hmm. And it's like when you follow them like 5, 10, 15 years into the future, they're no happier than they were yeah. when the, the day that they won the lottery because people aren't equipped for that kind of that kind yeah. of status change in such a short amount of time. And all the 
the negative that comes along with that that you never really hear about because you only see the people buying the Porsche and buying the fancy mm-hmm. house, and then you don't see you know all of the all the the relatives coming out of the woodwork right. asking for right. money. Right. And, think about having yeah. no one know. You know, you don't know what anyone if they're they're genuine or not. Yeah. And they're always wanting something from you because of where you're at, and that that's also something that's really difficult. You can't just go back to being anonymous yeah and and i mean even on and especially with someone who's an internet personality like people are you know constantly making assumptions about Mm -hmm. you know what they think of you based on your actions and based on what you've chosen to put out there and i don't you know i don't think anybody really knows you know what's going on in a phil fish's head or what's going on in a notch's head and and obviously you know there were a lot of people i mean people who were paying attention weren't surprised by this but people who are not necessarily like following him on twitter are, yeah. we're, we're really surprised. Like, I was surprised by this because I don't follow him on Twitter. And and that kind of surprised me even that, you know, he was, I, I mean, I know from the kind of the conversations that we've had, but even so, you don't kind of think of somebody who's on top of the world or you think that they're on top of the world, but they're not experiencing it that way. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like another th- problem is that people react to this by being jealous even after he announced this people were like he's ungrateful for the fame that he's had that kind of reaction and even if this even happens on a small scale like even if if i've complained in the past about like getting hate mail or or attention people have been like well you know you should really be grateful that people are reading your work and i'm like well yeah i am but there's also this negative effect from it that I think I also have a right to react to. And, and I, 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 again, I can't imagine what it's like for someone at his level, but even at mine, I, I just, I wish that we wouldn't attack people for being ungrateful about receiving hate mail. That's, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or attack people just for anything, really. I mean, it's well, just, yeah, but like that specific thing I see a lot. Yeah. When you're that, when you're that, you have that much notoriety and you're that well known people unfortunately no longer see you as a person right like people will say people on to things online that they would never say to your face most people wouldn't say to your face um they just wouldn't do that and so this anonymity along with the fact that they're you know there's a fervor about it good and bad makes people just go a little bit wild they kind of forget that there's a real person behind that that's going to have to react to that and that cares i just think there's a wider pattern of it really bothers me in celebrity culture, but I think we're seeing it with gaming mm-hmm. more and more. And it's like, you know, we blast this industry so often, like, oh, it's just so, you know, sequelitis and, you know, you're doing the Activision thing and you, know, you blast it for not being innovative. But when you have people out there, like, I personally don't play Minecraft, but that is a wickedly innovative product. It's a kind of mm-hmm. game that I never could have made. Like, I look at a Final Fantasy, and I'm like, yeah, if I had a big enough staff, I could do something like that. I just, my my priorities are not what Minecraft is about, and it's a beautiful thing that I could not have made. Right. And it's like, we need people like Notch out there. To be honest, I don't care about Minecraft as much as I care about Notch as one of the men in tech that kind of stands up and talks about stuff that I really freaking care about Mm -hmm. and like taking a stand on stuff. And I respect him for that. And I just hate that we are living in this dev environment where you just want to do a freaking job and you're held to this amount of obloquy. Like if you're going to be a, I've considered running for office before. 
And there's a certain amount of it that made me go like, no, I don't want that amount of my life to be open to everyone. Well, right. it's gotten to the point if you want to be a freaking computer programmer and make video games, you're held to that exact same level of public scrutiny. And mm -hmm. it's just a shame. And I don't think that anyone would really want to be held to that level of scrutiny. You know, you can't look at someone sideways without someone else suddenly, you know, having a comment about it and then suddenly having an analysis on, on what it is. And it's just, it's really can be exceptionally harsh. I think that we're being, we're much less tolerant of people's differences and allowing people to just be human. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you, Brie, about this specifically. Do you feel like this is more of a problem with indie developers? Because yeah. personally... I see, I talked about this at Boston Fig in a more lighthearted way, but I, I see how a lot of indie developers don't have any help running their own Twitter accounts, running their own emails. They don't really have a corporate presence. They often can't afford it. And then if they very, very suddenly become famous, not necessarily rich even, like Zoe is an example of somebody who's famous, but not necessarily well off. Yeah. And I might even put Philfish in that category. I don't know really how well Fez is still doing long term i they are under this obligation to maintain their real personality online and be cool and accessible constantly and perform like a funny cool flippant attitude like a lot of indie devs sort of feel that pressure and it's pretty easy to do when you only have a thousand followers yeah but as that number climbs higher and higher it gets harder and harder to continue to deal with your own Twitter account and your own email account. And I just, I wonder what you think about that because I feel like in other forms of celebrity, this is, you get a handler, you know, like you get some help and it's yeah. normalized that you get that. I, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, I, I don't mind sharing on the show. I got job offers after we shipped Rev 60 and there was a moment I sat down with my husband and I'm like, well, do I want to go work for AAA or do I want to keep running GSX? And, you know, I think that having tasted the indie freedom, the thought of going and working for a corporation where I couldn't just say, Hey, F you, dude, on Twitter that's, like, being a jerk to me. <laughs> I couldn't go back to that. And That would I, be so sad, Brie. It would be sad. And, You'd have to compromise your integrity, well, your integrity of being, you know, me. you. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't I, be able to take Dayquil and be on Twitter anymore. I think there's a Ooh, certain... She, she couldn't do isometric. I'm, I'm getting very sad. I'm yeah. happy you didn't, yeah. I, I think there's a certain scrappiness. I mean, indie devs <laughs> are rewarded for having strong personalities. Yeah. Like, you know, but I think there's there's certainly a commonality to me, Zoe Quinn, Phil Fish, and Rami Ismail. Yeah, I agree that you have that. You don't have help or support. Like I think what people may not know about me is when they send me threats or rape threats. Like that's me reading it. I don't have a an intern, so you don't yeah. have that support. But at the same time. It wouldn't be me if I had, like, uh, a corporate handler. Like, GSX would not be right. the company that GSX yeah. is. So I think that that closeness to your audience is part of it. Does that make sense? Am I answering your question? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I just, I think that there's both advantages and disadvantages to that. And I think that 
the huge disadvantage is that if you don't want to give up on having that personal accessibility with your audience, then the negative is that you also are accessible to your haters and yeah, your detractors. Right. There's no big company. There's no way to you. escape from them. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk to the people who like you or who have constructive criticism or who have feedback, but it's hard to see them through all the other stuff that's being thrown at you. And I don't have a good solution for that. It's obviously something I've written about before. I, I just, I think it's tragic. And this story really tore at my heart. But what about the other side of it, Maddie? I mean, the harassment and stuff I can take, you know what really kills me is like, it's like, it kills me when girls write me, and they say, like, I want to have a dev career, but I see what you're putting up with, and I, I just can't do it. And it's it's just a loss all the way across the board. You know, like, everyone feels that. That, that really hurts, you know, because you also feel like you're trying to stand up and be this role model that maybe yeah. you don't feel like. Well, what I'm hopeful about is that what we are trying to do mm-hmm. with something like this show even is show that we are human, right? And that that's okay. And that maybe this sort of normalizing of harassment and just assuming that these people, famous people, even not that famous people, can be treated in this way. I I don't know if we're really helping, but it's something I try to talk about. Yeah. It's it's like the pioneers in any sort of um, field. They always go through the hardest time to kind of bridge the way for everyone else that's going to follow past, which is the cool part is that we're actually speaking about it. We're at a a point now in our culture where people are talking about it, and I think that that is making a huge difference. I think people are much more aware of, you know, what they embody, what they say, and that there's reaction. Like, I think that if this had happened 20 years ago, no one would have even said anything. They would have said that this is just what, you know, madmen, you're just supposed to t- put up with it. Yeah. And, and now people are saying that they shouldn't. So I'm not saying that it's okay, but I think that for people, you know, it's going to make it easier for those that come after. Hopefully. <laughs> Do we even want to talk about the Microsoft piece of this at all? Or, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I had some thoughts, but I, I'm... Go for it. Well, so here's the thing, because I think that what they've said is that they're not discontinuing any of the port, any of the versions that are out there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to continue supporting iOS. They're going to continue supporting PS4. They're, the Vita port is still going to come out. Nintendo's probably completely screwed because they never got a port, and that's, that's their bad, and we don't need to go into that. But it's kind of weird that they'd be buying it now. Why? It's like they're not getting in on the ground floor. They're getting in on like the 114th floor. Right. And, and for a big cost. Right. Exactly. And and so I've been thinking a lot about why would they want to do this. And the more I think about it, a lot of people are talking about Minecraft. Well, Minecraft 2 is going to come out. It's going to be an mm-hmm. Xbox exclusive or, you know, oh, well, they're going to they're going to push the Xbox port. And I'm starting to think this has nothing to do with Xbox and this has everything to do with Windows. Yeah. Because... One of the things that happened two years ago when Windows 8 was first launching is that Notch had posted a tweet or and he posted he might have posted some blog posts, I don't remember, where he was very critical of Windows 8 in the way that they were handling it. And I mean, we saw what happened with Valve. Valve started working on their own operating system. And right now, outside of enterprise where you don't have a choice, basically, and even that's starting to, you know, get more more Macs into it anyway, but for the consumers, the only real reason to buy a computer right now is to play games on it. Because 
most people who are just buying it to do email and surf the web are just going to buy a tablet. Or there, are, there are plenty of development reasons to buy a Windows computer, especially in yeah. 3D world. I just I want to put that out there. Okay. That's still, I still consider that enterprise, though. Yeah, okay. Because that's not really – for the consumer, for somebody who's just buying it for personal use. For development I, use, it's different. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm the only 3D artist I know that uses a Mac, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's still, like, a business reason. But that's for me to have in my house, for my kids to play on, right? Uh-huh. And I think that they got really nervous that it's not even so much about exclusivity. It's about not giving people a reason to not stay on Windows. Because I think they got nervous that they have Windows 9 coming out. And if Notch was unhappy and said, well, screw it, I'm not porting Minecraft to Windows 9, that would be a huge blow to Windows. Because that's one of the the only reasons that, like, if you're buying a new computer, you know that, that a 12-year-old is going to be, like, way more up on on what Minecraft is going to run on and not. I mean, you go listen to whatever episode it was of Hypercritical where John Syracuse talks about all the kinds of hoops and stuff that kids go through to install mods for Minecraft, and it's mind-blowing. And if the kid says, well, I don't want to... We can't get Windows 9 because Minecraft's gonna, not going to run on it, then the parents either is not going to go there if it's if it's that important. because And that's the next generation of who's going to be buying computers. It's not even so much important that it's exclusive to Windows. It's just important that it continues to exist on Windows. I I definitely think there's that play. I I do. I think it's a play for younger, younger people. I think Minecraft resonates for them in a way that, you know, is really, really fierce and that really doesn't translate to me personally as a gamer. Yeah. Um, I also think Minecraft is something that's very compatible with like the Windows philosophy. You know, like it's it's something that I can really see working with that family. But I don't think this is really that mysterious. I think you can look at what Minecraft is currently selling, what Minecraft 2 is projected to to make over its lifetime, what the entire IP is worth. And it's extremely easy for me to see that that's worth like $2.5 billion. I can also tell you on my end, like I've talked on my Twitter some this week about my frustration working with Sony. I can tell you talks with Microsoft have been drastically easier. And I think that you see Microsoft was kind of in this power position through the 90s. And now they're in a place where they're kind of looking for people that are doing innovative, interesting content. So I do think that they are, you know, and their leadership has turned around. From yeah, all my friends, definitely. from all my friends that work there as developers, I'm hearing really great things about, you know, the corporate culture now that Balmer has left. I don't know. I don't think it's really a mysterious buy. To me, this is drastically less mysterious than their Skype acquisition was. I mean, they spent six billion dollars on that, or something. I think it was eight and a half. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I prefer Minecraft to Skype. That's that's my <laughs> professional opinion. That's a that's a controversial stance. Is it? I don't. We'll know. see. We'll see who attacks me on Twitter for <laughs> that see, one. I don't know. Have, have bailed guys, on that one real quick. Have you guys played any of the Minecraft like games like um, um like ter- like Terraria? Terraria, and... I really, really, really like, and I like um, Starbound. Is the like Terraria two basically? It's drastically better. I really like those games and i hate minecraft and i don't really know why 
I think it's because, yeah, Minecraft is th- so primitively 3D that it just makes mm. it crazy the whole time I play it. I don't know. I played it for a grand total of like 15 minutes and I couldn't get into it. And I am terrified, terrified of when the girls finally discover it because (laughs) I've seen how kids get locked in. And especially like knowing how my older daughter gets locked into things uh, that is absolutely like terrifying that she's going to find it. And that's going to be like, I'm not going to see her until college. We ought to wrap up and start talking about what we're playing before Skype completely well, just like, destroys the podcast. Well, can I talk about before we do that? Yeah, 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 um, go ahead. I want to talk about <laughs> our show has really gotten popular, like to the point where we need to talk about our game of the year strategy for this show. Because like, I think we're in a position where our listeners are really going to be interested in knowing what we're picking as game of the year. So I was thinking we could do it like Giant Bomb does it, where we would all like talk about our choices for like, you know, several days and kind of really hash it out. Like, do you guys have any thoughts about that? Sure. I'll be like playing a lot of games. Yeah. We're, we're going to give Georgia like a <laughs> curriculum for to cram for the time. I will. To, I will. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to take a week off. I, th- I think what we're going to need to do is we're going to have to bring Georgia down here and just like sequester her. Yeah. And then just make <laughs> her play so like cool. marathon all these games and stream that them all on so Twitch. Cool. Yeah, that would be that. hilarious. Except for the that. scary ones, because then I'll, I scream yeah. and I, I probably faint. So, oh, none of us play scary games either, anyway, other than Brie. <laughs> what What do you guys think of the name Tesseract? <laughs> for the game of the year? The Tesseract. It sounds like a terrifying alien spaceship. That's why I like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know okay. if it's, if it's okay. sneaky enough for a show, that's the only thing. Oh, we can call like, it the it Dalabonga. Be like, I will the- totally pull that trigger. <laughs> I was going to call it the Isometricon, but okay. The Dawabunga, though. I think we kind of, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm on board with the Dawabunga. Well, we're going to have to sign Georgia to like a 500-year contract for naming the thing after her. You'll never, not even sweet death will release you from the show, Georgia. Your name will live on through the ages. On like trophies, on like crystal trophies. Yeah, we're going to get crystal trophies. Who's going to design it? I don't, That's what I want to know. We you, have to design probably something. you. <laughs> Wait till you see my hand before you decide. I'm just envisioning like a crystal hand turkey. <laughs> mm, I like that. I like that a they're crystal. crystal. With a hand turkey on the top. Oh, my God. Are so, we sending these awards to the game developers? I don't what even know. The, oh, they would I have, have to. They have to put them. it up somewhere. Oh, they would have Can to. Can you it's imagine, like, if we sent a game developer a crystal hand turkey that said Dalabunga <laughs> on it? What do you think their so, reaction Maddie, would be? I've got this great uh, image in my mind of you and I at GDC <laughs> this year, and we've got like these, and we're like, okay, where, where's the, where's the Danganronpa team? Like, we're just like, <laughs> here you go, and then we just run <laughs> off. And, like, they're just sitting there with this crystal <laughs> hand turkey. Confused. That sounds great. Security! That sounds, so good. <laughs> that sounds so good. That has to happen. And then we drive off in our little tiny, like, panda car with Steve as yeah. the mascot. So we should, we should just print those <laughs> up. And then whoever we see at GBC. I don't know if you want me to print it up, though. My, my T-shirts didn't go over that well. <laughs> I like your T-shirts. <laughs> Anyway, get your t-shirts printed. I'm totally on board with that. Is there anything else we need to say about the awards? Or uh, next week, I would like to talk about Danganronpa if I can. 
because I beat it. that game and it is freaking awesome. So uh, I would like to talk about that. Okay, well, do you want to talk about what you're playing? Is, is that Danganronpa or do you have something else you wanted to talk about? Well, yeah, I'll talk about what am I playing. You know, it's... And, and this is why I was bringing up Game of the Year because, you know, we, we have this conversation all the time. Like, are games art? Are they, you know, like, where do they fall in? And it was just a really interesting moment for me that as I'm sitting here playing Danganronpa, which is this simple, technically unimpressive game with, like, flawed mechanics, and the entire press is fawning over Destiny, which is an okay game, but whose scores have been all over the map. Like, some sites have given it a six, like, others have been a little higher... And here I'm playing this game that is amazingly innovative. And literally over the course of these two games, they've introduced over 32 characters, which I deeply, deeply, deeply care and know and understand 32 different people and have deep affection for many of these people. And it's just like as the entire game press was like going nuts over this like, extremely technically well-done shooter, here I am enjoying this really artistic experience over here on the Vita that was about narrative, which I deeply care about. And it's an amazing experience because you're trying to figure out the mystery the whole time you're playing it, and you can't figure out the mystery the whole time you're playing it. And when you do finally get all the pieces at the end, it is blows your mind more than Dayquil. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just amazing. It's just really, it's truly one of the most innovative, awesome experiences I have had in, like, the last decade. And, like, as we're going into Game of the Year, the thing that really frustrates me is I really, really, really want to argue for these two games, but you guys don't have a Vita. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I can make Steve and Maddie borrow my Vita and play these games, but... <laughs> I don't know, is it, is it allowed to have a Vita game win? Isn't that, like, breaking all rules? I, you guys there have are to no play rules. It. You guys <laughs> have... Yeah, we make our own rules. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I would imagine I'm probably, I would bet, just knowing my tastes, I'm probably not going to appreciate it on the same level that you are anyway. Just knowing that, knowing how I feel about that type of game in general. (laughs) But, I I mean, I'd be willing to give it a try, but... Have you already decided that this is your game of the year, no matter what? No, then, oh, of course not. Okay, okay. Alien Isolation hasn't come out. I know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has yet to come out, so so I was just checking. Can I say overall, this has been a really weak year. No, I know. I am looking back throughout this whole conversation. I've been looking back at all the releases from this year, and I am like not sure what I will pick. Yeah, Yeah, me neither. That makes it more interesting. Kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, what is even a contender at this point? Watchdogs? No. I'm sorry. Destiny? No. I keep thinking of stuff that came out in 2013, which is always a bad sign. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wolfenstein is probably the only game that I even have on my list right now. Uh, There's probably one other game that I'm that I'm forgetting. You liked for Civ, the 3DS. didn't you, Maddie? Oh, I guess no. Shovel, Shovel Knight, I guess I would put on my list, too. Uh, no. I know, but I, I, that's, but I'm not, you know, I had to think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So okay, Maybe yeah. I'll, I'm, it would be weird if I ended up picking Murdered, but I might. I don't know. Ooh. Oh, that's on sale this week, by the way. 
Yeah, if people want to pick up yeah, a I should, mystery I should pick, game. I keep, meaning, I keep meaning to pick that up, actually. I think the beauty of our show, and the whole reason I started the show, and I'm being serious here, is, you know, I wrote a piece at the beginning of this year that went viral. It was critiquing all these sites for having one specific point of view and for kind of excluding other points of view. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I think if we want to give murdered or whatever a completely different vote and it's different than the rest of the industry that's the whole point of the show to me Mm. so i'm just saying i like it awesome yeah so georgia what are you playing this week i am playing joins it is a cute puzzle game on my eye oops that's the music is that night trap (laughs) no (laughs) is that joins it's joins and it's a Adorable and fun, and it's a puzzle game where you have to put cubes together to make to join, to make certain shapes, and then they disappear. And I'm I'm just having a lot of fun dealing with it. And I finished um, Puzzix again, so now I can play that song again. Play that song again. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Wait, 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 wait. What's wrong? Bree's gonna Bree's gonna have a day cool dance party. I'm not doing that again. What is happening? Oh my god. <laughs> A lot of stuff is happening right now and it's all electric. I'm not sure I haven't taken this cough syrup yet. <laughs> I like this music Isometric. for real. So this is this is like blocks? Is it? Is this iOS? iOS? Yes, it I is. don't think they're gonna answer us to you. I think they're too know. busy beatboxing. <laughs> I it, okay. It's for iOS. All right. Maybe that, I'll get it. That was I'm my about, favorite I'm about moment to... ever on the show, Georgia. It was delightful. I really liked it. <laughs> I need something for the plane ride. Is it a good plane ride kind of game? It is. It's a lot of fun, and it's you have to think. So that's it's nice. I like. Oh, it's joy. It's joins with a Z. Georgia? Yeah, sorry. Yes, okay. I couldn't tell it was I, joins with a Z. Because I searched on joins with an, with an S and I got some weird Japanese app. I could tell it was joins <laughs> with a Z just from her pronunciation. Her impeccable <laughs> Canadian, Canadian my pronunciation. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, Steve, what are you playing? Oh, well, so, I could go next. I yeah, you go Steve, ahead. Steve, okay, fine. Okay, so I, I don't know how I feel about Smash... I don't know. I I am excited about it, but I am only playing the five characters that are available in the demo, which are Pikachu, the Villager, Mega Man. I'm really loving Mega Man, by the way. Link and Mario. And obviously, Pikachu, Link, and Mario are characters that are already in every other Smash game, so they aren't really new to me. So I'm not super thrilled by getting to play them. Playing them on a handheld is fun, but I'm more interested in the Villager and Mega Man and... There's only one stage, so I I don't really have a full opinion yet, obviously. But so far, the comparison between the way that a GameCube controller feels with my 3DS, I really don't like playing on the 3DS. And I I don't know when I'm going to get over that, because I've been doing it for a few days, and I'm still not into it. And I think there are a few reasons why. One of them were the control is the controls, which I said at the beginning of the show. If you look at the way that the buttons are laid out on a GameCube controller, X and Y are in a slightly different position, and it just is completely different feel it when you're playing all of your it. Muscle memory. 
it does it completely ruins that. it and i yeah. feel like i'm having to relearn moves i already know which i don't yeah. like and well especially it, because like brawl i assume you play with a gamecube controller in brawl too right? yeah, yeah so yeah, for yeah, like yeah, two yeah. for like 10 years you've been playing smash with a gamecube right. controller like right. longer than 10 years yeah so like i i mean i guess i i guess i was playing on like an old school controller for the very very first smash i don't know i can't really remember but either way i was not playing on something that felt like this so it feels really really weird and i'm still not used to it but it's only been a week so i'm being patient the other issue that I'm having is that none of my friends who live near me, other than Steve, I guess, and Steve doesn't live that near me, have a 3DS and are playing mm. this yet. So I am not having the experience with Smash that I love, which is in-person playing with people sitting on the couch. That Those are all of my treasured memories of Smash, is playing with my friends on a couch. Everybody's all together. Everybody's yelling. It's exciting. That sensation is not being recreated at oh. all. And I, I, it's like lifeless. And I didn't talk about this on the show, but um, Kirby Triple Deluxe has a part of it that's called Kirby Fighters and they re-released Kirby Fighters on its own as a standalone game. I didn't get it because I didn't like the Kirby Fighters mode in tri Kirby Triple Deluxe. I didn't even mention it on the show, but it's basically... It's the same problem where you've got a fighting game, but you can play as all the different versions of Kirby. So it actually has a very similar feel to Smash because Kirby's a character in Smash. And so there's some sort of similar techniques there. So I already had the feeling when I was playing that Kirby Fighters mode. Oh, this is what it's like to play a fighting game on my handheld. I don't really like it. Uh-oh. And now I'm playing the demo for Smash and I'm like, ugh, I don't know. So I really want to know when the Wii U release date is gonna be announced didn't they confirm it it's like november 21st i'll check again i thought that they kept procrastinating that i will look that up i think they confirmed like like fred meyer had put something in one of their ads and then i think nintendo confirmed it i don't know the wikipedia page still says wii uq for 2014 i don't know the one thing that's really disappointing me about the 3ds version is that it's not going to have download play so every person's going to need their own cartridge or their own uh, copy of the game yeah. which is I mean, in my house, I really don't want to have to buy two copies of, Sub of Super Smash Brothers to be able to play yeah. with my daughter. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. I gave it. To, I gave her the demo, and she was like off to the races, and she was loving it. Even despite the fact it actually, it's funny because I thought that what her first reaction was going to be, "Why can't I play as any girls?" And her mm -hmm. first reaction is, "Well, why is there only one stage?" And I'm yeah. like, "Well, because we haven't actually <laughs> bought the game yet." But uh, she did figure out that the villager from Animal Crossing was, um, you know, you could palette swap her into being female. But yeah, uh, and and there's a video going out there of all the final smashes, some of which look really interesting. So I like Mega Man's a lot. I mean, I really enjoyed playing as Mega Man. He reminds me a little of Samus. Obviously, I'd rather be playing Samus. I'd rather be playing Zelda. I'm sad that I can't try out them and sort of get a feel for the characters that I actually play as as opposed to just trying out something on my handheld with characters that I'm not as into, because that might be part of why I'm feeling meh about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, there are other things, like, they've chosen to keep this concept of the Smash Ball, which is going to be controversial, and people are going to keep turning it off for tournament play, and I just think it's interesting that they've continued to cling to that, and I don't know how well that works in the handheld because I feel like distancing is such a big deal in Smash like jumping and distancing and how far away you are from each other is such a major element of tactics that 
playing on a tiny screen and then also having to deal with the smash ball it just feels like a little bit too much to me but maybe it's because i've only played against computers and i don't know i'm i'm just not feeling it yet and i'm disappointed i feel like though that what i want to do what i want to do is play in person on the wii u that's really what i want to do yeah that, that's really what it is because yeah. that would be really fun i i'm just gonna say this I totally want to throw a Super Smash Brothers party at my house, and both of you guys can come, and we'll just have everyone over here at my house. I am legitimately planning to take a week off of work when this release date is announced. <laughs> That's why I really want them to announce it, because I'm planning to do that. Oh, that would be great if it is Thanksgiving week, because you're not even going to have to take a full week off. Yeah, that's true. I already have part of it off. So yeah. I, I am going to do that, because, yeah. Oh. And I have also talked to some people about, like, potentially renting a cabin and just inviting people there for some sort of smash extravaganza oh my god but i don't know if that's gonna really happen or if that's just in my dreams but i am planning to play smash on a couch with everyone i know when it comes out because that's what i did when brawl came out and that's what i did when melee came out and i don't really care that now many years have passed i feel like i haven't changed that much since brawl came out that wasn't that long ago so if i want to get good at smash brothers like I mean, do I just, like, put Melee in and just play it until I get why people like it? I mean... Um, it- <laughs> you're probably doomed if you don't already like it. I remember playing so much Melee before Brawl came out, and it didn't help me at all. Because there were so many things about Brawl that were different. Now, the difference between Melee and Brawl, I mean, there's so many differences. That's sort of unusual. I... I mean, I don't know that this game actually feels that different from Brawl to me so far, to be honest. So that's not great. It's not like the situation was with Brawl where when I was playing it, I was like, this is a completely new game and it's blowing my mind. (laughs) And that's definitely not been my experience with this demo. So maybe they're holding back on other mechanical elements that I haven't seen yet or like stages that have elements that I haven't seen yet because stages are always a big deal in Smash. So Yeah, there's a lot of modes too that they're not exposing and stuff like that and but but even so it's like even when i played it at best buy i'm like this feels like something to keep me going until the version that i really want comes out weirded out that they would even put this out because it feels like brawl to me you know like it just feels like the same game and it's got most of the same characters so i'm not really sure what the benefit to them is for putting this out in terms of increasing hype but i mean other people seem more into it than i am so maybe i'm just being a party pooper i don't know I played a bunch of other games this week, but I already talked a lot, so somebody else talk. Okay. So <laughs> so I I made an effort. I made a serious, concerted, legitimate effort to play Destiny this week. And, and? I think I've pretty much concluded that I'm not it is not the right game for me. Yeah. Cause I'm starting to like I feel how they're trying to make it into a dungeon crawler. And I feel them trying to get me to feel the same way that I feel about Diablo 3, except that I am so burnt out on first-person shooters at this point that I it just feels like work to me. So, like, I got to the moon, and I was really, like... I got to the moon, and I thought I was, like, rekindled for a little bit, because the moon... Like, the visuals on the moon are awesome, and it just looks so beautiful. And then, like, one mission later, I'm like, okay, I'm dead, and I'm, I'm done. So, um, so I played that and then I've, I've, but I've really like, I know I talked about desert golfing last week. This is approaching Civ levels of addiction for me now. (laughs) It is, it, like, I, 
Because like when I when I had played it when I when we talked last week, I had just gotten it and I had gotten like through like twenty five levels and I was still getting through the, the learning curve. And now I'm like six hundred and fifty holes into it or something like that. Wow. Six hundred and fifty. <laughs> Holy Lord oh, Steve. Oh my god. I've been following along. We've gotten a little community on Twitter of people who have been talking about desert golfing and uh, I'm not that's actually not as far. I know that there's some other people who have been tweeting at me or da- up like in the high seven hundreds at this point. And like around whole 350 or so i saw a cactus and i was super excited because that's like because because what happens is that it's just like every it it's just like every hole just goes into each other and there's no scenery whatsoever and then you get through 300 holes and all of a sudden there's randomly a cactus like i'm looking at the picture and it's really just there is when you say you're not you're not underscoring that there is nothing there there's nothing it's like it's like an atari game it's really, it looks like an Atari game. Like there are four colors. Sorry. Yeah, and it's just, like, angles, and there's not, there, like, the graphics are completely Spartan. There's, like, three sound effects, and you just keep going through hole after hole after hole. There's, like, no, like, acknowledgement that you got, like, that you got a hole in one or anything. There's not even a congratulations. No, there's it's nothing. Like, you get in a hole, and there's, a, it just goes, boop, and then you go on to the next bucks, hole, and that's too. it. This is, like, yeah. two bucks for, like, a flag. Can I tell you, I have gotten way more value out of the $2 wow. that I have spent on this game. I have okay. got to have spent at least six hours on this game So, at this wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Why oh exactly do you think that this game is better than Destiny? I don't think it's better than Destiny. I'm just you enjoying do, it. You do, though. I just want to know. I want to, like, directly compare these two because I feel like it's really <laughs> funny that you just described Destiny as being this pointless dungeon crawl that was repetitive and nothing about it appealed to you, but you're basically <laughs> playing a repetitive golfing game with Lion Art. What is the difference? I've been thinking about this a lot this week to the point where I almost wrote a blog post, but let's not get crazy. <laughs> But it's just like the mechanics just work so well. Like the learning curve, like the learning curve is ridiculous. Wait, do you golf though, Steve? Do you golf? I I I have. I haven't in a long time. Okay. Um, I took golf in college actually. So that's not the appeal per se. No, it's more. not the appeal. It's just kind of like an Angry Birds mechanic. But the difficulty curve is ridiculous because it doesn't teach you anything, and the the <laughs> levels are just like. Like it'll throw know. a really hard level in, and then it just there's like three levels in a row where it's basically putting. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not procedurally generated because I saw there's a level, the level with the rock. I got the same level with the rock as somebody else who was posting about the level with the rock. So I don't think it's procedurally generated. Like each one of these is like specifically crafted, which is ridiculous given the number of levels. And it's just, but it's, it's almost like you get into this zone and you just kind of get into it once you get past the learning curve. And it's just like, I'll be playing it. It's like 15 minutes have gone by and I have no idea what just happened. So I I honestly, I'm not going to go so far as to say this is a game of the year or anything like that. I'm not that (laughs) demented. I love it because the picture when we put it up on the website after Game of the Year would be great because it's just like two, like it's just like a horizon with a... a There's nothing. There's nothing there. It is like a mechanic boiled down as far as you can distill it to the point where there's almost not a game there and it is it's like mesmerizing wow that is the best we need that as a quote <laughs> till there's almost i love this game that is almost it's boiled down till there's almost not a game there 
That's the best quote. Or maybe it is purely a game. I don't. I don't. Maybe know. it is. I don't know. Ooh, I, like that, I, I am gonna have. I mean, I have a lot to say about Destiny <laughs> as I've as I've kind of picked it apart this week, especially because I've been sick for two days, so I've played a lot of it. I don't. I mean, do we have time? Do we want to save it for another show? I want to hear it. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. Basically, every opinion I had on Destiny I've voiced on the last podcast, I reversed that. So, <gasps> Woo! so yeah. So I said uh, Peter Dinklage's voice acting was good. Oh, so you and, came to light on that now? And now I've gotten <laughs> deeper into the game and like some designs. I'm like, oh, that's really bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, oh, yeah, it that's is. really bad. So um, I do think he has some good work there. But there are certainly some lines where I'm like, that is subpar. In fairness, they didn't give him a lot to work with either. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. You know, and this, I don't know if you guys saw this, the Twitter account, this kind of making fun of Destiny. This week, it's Legendary Ingram on Twitter. And this is this is one from it, and this just said everything I think that's wrong with the game. I am art direction without humanity. I am plot without characters. I am exposition without interaction. I am a rare level twelve helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is exactly it. It's pretending to be on this huge science fiction stage. There are no characters like. There's no one in the game I care about. There's no plot I understand. It's just exposition. There's nothing at stake that I feel because I don't even understand the stakes. It's world building without story. It is. And it's just this loot drop. That's all the game is, is trying to level up your character. That is the entire and beautiful aesthetics. And I... The conclusion I've come to is as much as I love the music in that game, because I love EDM, and when the beats drop in that game, like I'm getting into it, but it's a game that's fundamentally doing the same thing that Doom did on my PC in 1995. Like you're shooting stuff, and that's it, and trying to survive. And I guess I just am so tired of those experiences. Maybe they speak to other people. They do not speak to me. So that's why I care so much more about you know, Danganronpa. Yeah, and that's why I'm enjoying a game with four colors. Yeah. yeah. More, more than I am like the most technically like impressive game to be released in this generation. Yeah. Right. Because of the right. great story, right? Well, I mean, the, the story in Desert Golfing is extremely compelling. Right. But at least it's not lying that there is a story. Right. And there is yeah. none. It is at least honest. It's honest. I know. I'm just messing around. <laughs> All right. So wow. I think that... I think we better we better wrap it up. So as always, you can you can go visit the show notes for the show and every show at five by five TV slash isometric or isometricshow.com. Please do go review the show on iTunes. We got a lot of awesome reviews yeah. this yeah. week. One really strange one too. Most of them were not written by Brie. <laughs> <laughs> that was at least a good one review. of them was. At least one of them was. My review was a strange like review. an explosion in a stupid factory. Which <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which Apple let through. They reviewed it because they don't post those reviews right away. They reviewed it and they said, "Oh, this is a, this is okay to put through." And said, "We're gonna we're gonna we're still putting that up. Looks legit. Yep. Wow. <laughs> it fits with the show. 
<laughs> yeah, they they listen to the show. They but we do appreciate like. the legit reviews that you guys did write, and we do read all of them, and we really appreciate oh, them all. there's some really sweet ones. I love them. And you can also uh, send email to the show at feedback at isometricshow.com. We got some awesome emails from you guys this week Thank as well. You. And uh, you can follow all of our nonsense on Twitter. You can follow the uh, the show's account is at isometric show. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at wicked good. And Bree, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I think the Dayquil's day wearing off. The got the Dayquil's yeah. got taken so, her. So I was in a Dayquil haze today, and you know we we talked about Gamergate and all the the sock puppet accounts that they have to like, you know. So they'll like they'll have like some some. <laughs> there's this one account. It's like uh, they have this Twitter avatar of like a. a black uh like nerdy girl cartoon character and like the 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 twitter handle is like girl feminist like or something like that it's like all pro gamer gate stuff like it's the most obvious sock puppet in the world so i started my own twitter account this this week and it's called uh at bro holes It's the most awesome nonsense ever. So the whole idea with it is basically... <laughs> okay, hold on. I gotta focus on It's spelled B-R-O-L-O-L-Z. Yeah. So my account uh, name is Yes Lol. I am a real-life pro. I like gaming, crushing the cheat codes, and being a real male. Oh, God, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> anyway, it's a great Twitter account. Where's your real Twitter account? For you? <laughs> I don't even know. I think I'm gonna give up on that and just do bro lols. Well, it's Space Cat Gal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Maddie, where can people find you? I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. Oh, In God. Georgia, uh, you can find me at at Georgia underscore dow. <laughs> So thank you, as always, for listening and putting up with our medicine field nonsense this oh, week. God. And we will uh, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>